Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode number 42, The Driscoll Hotel. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This week's episode number 42 is all about the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. Now, I decided to take this into a supernatural direction this week because I've been focusing heavily on murders, spree killers, serial killers, and stuff like that. And I kind of wanted to do sort of a later episode, we'll say, on the supernatural aspect of things. So this hotel is one that a lot of people say is very, very haunted. And we will get into reasons why, kind of what's happened there, the history of it, and then what people believe has happened. So you can kind of decide for yourself if this is really haunted or not. But either way, it's definitely a very interesting place, to say the least. I do not have any announcements right now, so I think we should just get right ahead into the case. Now, if you do a search for the Driscoll Hotel, I think the first thing you will notice is just how grand and big and beautiful it is. And if you think of haunted hotels, you probably wouldn't think this would be one of them because it's just so beautiful. It's not dark and mysterious like you would think a haunted hotel would be. I mean... The lobby is just, if you look at pictures, beautiful. There's marble floors, and it's just a gorgeous, luxurious hotel. Now, this hotel was built way back in the year 1886. And, of course, it's been renovated many times since then. It's actually the oldest operating hotel in Austin, Texas. And it's also one of the best-known hotels in the state of Texas. It was built by Colonel Jesse Driscoll, who was a cattleman who spent his fortune constructing the finest hotel south of St. Louis. I don't know why they said it was the finest hotel south of St. Louis. Maybe St. Louis has some really nice hotels. I don't know. Anyway, to this day, it's still one of the best hotels, nicest hotels, I guess you could say, in Austin. And it's been owned by the Hyatt Hotels Corporation since the year 2013. And it was listed in the National Register of Historical Places on November 25, 1969. A 13-story annex was constructed in the year 1930. The hotel opened with 60 rooms, including 12 corner rooms with attached bath, which was a rare feature for hotels of that region during this time. So it was fancy. The 180-room annex contains a bungalow penthouse that is only accessible from the building's roof. Now that sounds cool. In 1979, the hotel manager restored the bungalow to use as his private residence. That sounds so cool. Now for some of the history of the hotel. So like I said, James Driscoll decided to build the hotel. He purchased the land for $7,500 and announced his plans for the hotel. The grand opening was December 20th, 1886. In May 1887, less than a year after it opened, Driscoll was forced to close its hotel because he could not afford it anymore because they had a harsh winter and a drought that killed his cattle inventory. So he sold the hotel to his brother-in-law, Jim Doc Day. He also went by Doc, 
who reopened the hotel in January of 1888. George Littlefield would purchase the hotel again in the year 1895 for $106,000 and vowed that it would never close again. He invested $60,000 in renovations. In the year 1950, the hotel went through major renovations again. In 1969, the Driscoll closed its guest rooms in anticipation of a renovation and a new tower containing a modern glass facade, which never happened. Most of its furnishings were sold, and the American Statesman article said it was the Driscoll's hotel's fate was sealed, but it was saved almost at the last minute when a nonprofit organization called the Driscoll Hotel Corporation raised $900,000 for it. Banff International Hotels, Inc. bought the hotel in 1972 and began a restoration of $350,000 for it, and it reopened its doors to customers on January 15, 1973. In 1995, it was purchased again by the Great American Life Insurance, who put $30 million into renovations of it. It was actually closed for four years for these renovations and was reopened in a millennium celebration on December 31st, 1999. In 2013, it was purchased by the Hyatt Hotels Corporation, like I said before, for $85 million, who embarked on an $8 million renovation of the hotel. So that's just kind of the history of it and how many times it's been bought and sold, like many hotels. Today's episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Once again, p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to include True Crime Works in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Okay, so that's kind of the history of the hotel. Now let's get into the fun stuff, which is the possible hauntings. Now there are some stories about what had happened at the hotel. And I'm not, you know, of course, 100% sure what's true and what's not. But this is just the stories that are out there about the hotel. So the first one is about a girl who died in the year 1887. She was chasing her ball and accidentally fell down the grand staircase. Word is, if you listen carefully in the halls, you can still hear the sound of giggling and bouncing a ball down the stairs. And I don't know what it is about children hauntings, but when it's a child that's doing the hauntings, it's always just extra creepy. Maybe it's the sound of their voice or their giggle or something, but it's extra creepy, I think. The next story is probably the most creepy, too, and that's the tale of the Suicide Brides. Now, these are actually two different occasions for a bride who died by suicide during her honeymoon. So the first story goes like this. Apparently, a young groom canceled his wedding 
which was scheduled to take place in the hotel. So the bride-to-be was so distraught by this, she ended up painting herself in her room. And guests of the hotel report sightings of the ghost bride, who was reportedly seen wearing her wedding gown while wandering the halls of the fourth floor. The second of the suicide brides is goes like this. Exactly 20 years to the day, and in the same hotel room, hotel room number 525, as the original suicide bride, a second young bride took her life in the bathroom while on her honeymoon. It's unknown why she did this, but it's definitely very, very strange that it's the same room and exactly 20 years later. Very scary. Now, the final one, the final haunting is not as creepy. It's kind of sweet, actually. Colonel Driscoll himself is said to haunt the hotel. He died just four years after the completion of the hotel, and he put everything into the hotel. It was his baby. It was believed that his spirit remains in the hotel. Over the years, staff and guests have reported the smell of cigar smoke through the air and lights flickering on and off in the hotel's upper floors. The lead singer of Concrete Blonde also wrote a song called Ghost of a Texas Ladies Man after her supposed encounter with him while staying in the Driscoll. So that is just really cool, I think, that he's there. It seems like he's not anything that's going to haunt you or I mean, it's not malicious or anything. So I just think it's kind of cool that his spirit would be in the hotel that he made. So is the hotel haunted or not? Well, I have no idea. That's for you to decide. But there's definitely a lot of history behind this. And it's definitely worth looking into. So that is episode number 42 about the Driscoll Hotel. Supernatural edition of True Crime Works. I really hope you enjoyed it. I definitely love doing these supernatural cases. So if you guys have any ideas for some upcoming cases, supernatural or others, just email me truecrimeworks at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at truecrimeworks. Also, if you have a moment and you enjoy the podcast, if you could, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. And write a review on Apple Podcasts if you could. That really helps others find the show and it helps me to stay doing the show. So thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate each and every one of you who has listened. I hope that everyone has a great rest of your week and I look forward to talking to you next week.